After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Hold on, hold on. Right, now I, I couldn't hear it. Did you hear it? I could not hear it. I think they could hear it though. Okay. Three, two, one. Hit my music. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome to the Juice and Mo podcast, recording this on a Monday night. The Kings had a chance to go to Vegas, get into the semifinals of the first ever NBA in-season tournament. Why are they saying like that, Morgan? I don't care, but you're going to continue. Keep going. Yes, you are. Start over? No, I don't no, get to start over because I thought it was fun. Either way, you know why you said it like that? Because who I'm cares about the in-season tournament? Never cared about it at all, <laughs> except it counts toward a regular season. Standings. Uh, the Kings lose tonight to the Pelicans, one twenty-seven to one seventeen. They got off to an amazing start. It looked like they might run away. I started thinking about outfits for Vegas. No. What I was going to do in Vegas? How I was going to enjoy the first ever in-season tournament in person? And then, boom! Oh my God! The Pelicans bench came in and they got it going, and they never really looked back. Brandon Ingram was dominant too. Oh Kings God. lose. Officially eliminated after their quarterfinal appearance against the Pelicans, 127 to 117. They are now off until Friday when they get to play either the Suns or the Lakers on the road. I'm Juice Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends who are at Northwest Exteriors. How you doing, Mo? I'm good. I really, it's, it's one of those things. I came in tonight's game feeling like a lot of people we're cocky about the Sacramento Kings. And we're like, really? huh, oh yeah. Like it's going to be a tough one, but it's time that the Kings get this dub over the, like they can't lose three times to the Pelicans like this. They just can't, they've got to figure it out. And I, I understood where they were coming from, but at the same time, I was like, we saw the response in that second game and it was a lot of the same mistakes. So in my mind, the third game was going to be like, okay, how to stop those mistakes, but then it was going to bleed elsewhere. And that's kind of what happened. They stopped the big mistake, allowing uh, Zion to score in the restricted area a billion times. At will. At will. But then it ended up being B.I. And then C.J. was a killer at times. And just, it felt like- Herb Jones. Exactly. The rest of the team just crushed the Kings. It's fair Good to team. say, it's fair to say the Pelicans just have the Kings number. And I, I look that. at this Pelicans team and I go, this team's scary. Mm-hmm. This team 
I know last year around this time, they were near the top of the Western Conference and injuries got them, right? Zion hasn't been healthy. So much went wrong for them last year when it all fell apart. But now you're seeing them whole again, right? CJ and Trey Murphy just got back a couple of games ago. They didn't play on the second half of back-to-back against Chicago, but they played tonight. And you add them to the mix. Herb Jones, when he's playing like this, mm-hmm. it gives you 23, 5, and 5. You already know what he's going to do defensively. You already know this guy's going to be switching out on the Sabonis at times, helping, and then getting out in the perimeter, closing out, being a pest, with a, being a deflections nightmare for teams. They just have a lot of talent. And we haven't even talked about the two big guys in B.I. and Zion. No. And Valanciunas. this was the second game, and I think you pretty much were saying this, the second game this season that Trey Murphy, C.J., Zion, and B.I. were all on the floor together. Mm. Second game. So, like, you saw the force of them when they are healthy. That is truly what I felt tonight. And I felt more scared for the future of the Western Conference with the Pelicans playing like this. I was like, ah, I thought they were a team that it was lost, couldn't find their identity, even with Zion healthy, because Zion doesn't even want to be there. Oh, no, that's not the case. They're there to ball, play basketball. They will work hard for each other. And, I mean, Matt said this on the post game, and I kind of am with it. They wanted it more. The Pelicans wanted it more in the sense of they were willing to – not set the tone physically because I thought the Kings did a good job of setting the tone of where they wanted to be with pushing the pace and physically from the start. But they were like, oh, we're going to continue this physicality throughout the game and we're going to allow the officials to see if they want to start calling it in the second half. They got more calls in the second half, but um, they just, they really created that as their identity consistently. Are you okay? It's a really bad <laughs> matchup for the Kings. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody can acknowledge that because of the length, the size. They've got a perfect balance of switchable defenders, length, size, shooting, yes. grit. Grit. I- intensity. Yes. With that said, it was a winnable game. And if the Kings weren't going for home runs, they probably have a chance. Where were your home runs mostly? Like I thought the, in the first, you know what? In the first quarter, in the mm. first quarter, they got cute. They, they got off to a great, and you're not going to win a game in a first quarter, but you know what you can do? Just play your game and send a message. And I feel like anytime the Kings, you know, they get to a 15 point lead. It's like, oh, we're going to take a couple of ill-advised threes. The, the stuff we were getting was in the flow of the offense, but this one, not really going to be in the flow. And then there's just momentum plays where it's like, okay, you're going to miss a three, then you better go get a stop on the other end. There's not a stop, and it's like a made bucket. And I thought tonight the game just shifted when Alvarado came in the game. Oh, yeah. And he ends up playing 17 minutes, but those early minutes from that bench group of the Pelicans changed everything. I think the Kings get too nonchalant at times with the lead. And you saw... There was no way that game should have been 36-35 at the end of the first quarter with how the Kings were playing. And it seemed like they were rotating well defensively. It felt like the offense, they were getting good looks. I mean, the balance that they were getting, creating threes by attacking the paint, 
and some of the backdoor scores they got early on, mm. it seemed like it was just clicking Slow for them. and yes. Playing at their, they played at their pace. They were shooting over 60% from the field, over 60% from three-point land. But then you look at the turnover category in that first quarter, and it was seven turnovers. And the, the Pelicans were doing a good job of scoring off those turnovers as well. Five of those, five of those in the first yeah. quarter were De'Aaron Foxes. Yeah. And when your best player is turning the ball over like that. And again, great job to the Pelicans just putting so much activity, fouling him at times, putting so much activity. And I'm just in, it's like, it's fine. They, they were said, also, they knew where he wanted to go and uh-huh. they, they put their hand exactly, hey, Dude, we know he's going to make this move left. We're going to knock that ball away. No problem with them being that physical because I thought the, I thought the refs started allowing the Kings get a little bit more physical and handsy and get away with a few calls. And so then I was like, oh, good. We're balancing this out. It was just in that first quarter a little bit. I was like, ooh, this is where you can deflate and get frustrated. And you saw that from De'Aaron. And then there's moments where he was like looking for the foul rather than trying to make the shot because that frustration got to him. And it's going to happen at times. And it's like, how do you bounce back or learn from this experience? The turnovers by Fox were killer. And it's... We gave him a lot of love last game. He had 16 assists in one turnover. And tonight, to have five in the first, yeah, it got the Pelicans back in the game. It got them feeling good. It got Fox getting fl- frustrated. Yep. And it turned the game around. It's- and then they just never looked back. No. Then they took complete control. And that's where this Kings, at least this version of the Kings through 19 games, just doesn't feel like they could take punches all the time. It felt like last year... They could throw a punch, take a punch, throw a punch, take a punch. There have been times where the more physical team comes and punches really hard back. Yeah. And then they get knocked down. And I know they they made it a game again, late third quarter, fourth quarter, but it was too late. Yeah. No, and that and that that's what keeps happening in some of these losses too. I mean, this wasn't one of their worst losses, which I, I think why which makes it fun tonight that we're actually able to talk hmm. about the basketball side of things because I disagree. Oh, so, I think it was one of their worst losses. I, of course, I know you text me that too. And I was like, ah, I, I, I understand. I guess I understand one of their worst losses from being able to stick with it in a big game, bounce back, find a way every time you're down by 10 to six points to get it to a tie game. It's like they couldn't answer back. It was trading basket for basket. Couldn't get that stop. But at the same time, Deuce, I truly just felt like this Pelicans team, every guy was on it they were just shooting so perfectly in in big moments and it wasn't like there wasn't a hand in the face bi can shoot a shot over the eiffel tower i don't know just something like i'm thinking of the tallest thing in the world like it's just he i felt like anything could have been standing in front of him and he could have shot the ball and made it brandon ingram was elite and yes it didn't matter what the Kings threw at him. Uh, He'd handle double teams. They had one late where he got double teamed. Kings did a great job. And I think it was it was Herb Jones who flashed at the free throw line. He was open. He was ready for the pass. And right when he got the pass, he wasn't looking to score. He kicked it right out to Trey Murphy. And that was a dagger three late yes. in the fourth quarter. Too many open guys yeah, and it, moments. I mean, I knew it was Ingram's night when he took a three. It bounced three times oh my God. and dropped in. And I'm like, and then like the next play down, Keegan shoots a three that circles four times and pops out. And you're like, all right, Brandon Ingram's having that night. Brandon Ingram tonight just looked like an elite player. I text Morgan at one point. I'm like, hey, it's prime KD. I said and that. I, I've always liked Brandon Ingram's game, yeah. and he's battled health things. I mean, that's what you talk about a lot with the Pelicans. Tonight, the Kings didn't have an answer. 
their best answer was Keegan Murray, and I thought Keegan did a great job until he contested a shot on, it was like a fallaway jumper from Brandon Ingram where he contested, and he immediately grabbed his back. Yep. I, I leave tonight going, I didn't like the loss. I didn't like how Fox played. Keegan's back is an issue. It's kind of a dis, and they didn't get to the semifinals of the in-season tournament. I'm not making the big deal like, oh, the season's done or anything like that. But the Keegan back thing is a concern. He left this game. What time was that at? Second quarter, 6:39 of the second quarter. After contesting that shot, yeah. he, he got back on offense, but he just wasn't right. Goes to the locker room, comes back into the game after halftime. I thought there's no way he's coming back into the game. Yeah. Yeah. So he comes back in the game, plays through it, ends up playing 31 minutes tonight, but he didn't look right. I mean, he had a three, and I, I, I give him credit for fighting through it, but I'm also at the same point going, got to be careful here. Like, this back thing is lingering, obviously, and it's not a good sign that he re-aggravated it tonight. Well, the positive thing is now you get these days off to honestly try and, like, utilize your resources when it comes to um, all of your training staff and uh, sports medicine staff and and have that rest that you actually need. I'll say like that, that is the best thing that you can do with this time for the entire team, because this isn't going to happen again, except what maybe all-star break. You see a little bit of time, but yeah, I, it's, it's definitely a concern and um, it sucks because when he was right in the beginning of the season, you're like, that's the next guy up. When he was right in the beginning of this game. I mean, think about how this game started. He had an attack, hit a couple of threes. He had eight quick points. And I thought defensively, he was competing his ass off against Ingram. Yeah. Ingram hit some t shots on him. That's fine. I don't care about that. We always talk about this. Can you make this guy's life a little harder? Brandon Ingram can get his, but can you make it a little harder Keegan Murray was doing that. Even when he got back into the game in the second half, I felt like he was doing his best, but he was clearly laboring. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it took him away from the game. It took him away from being able to play at full capacity and just being able to really be out there for his teammates. But I say that because there's certain injuries that you can see guys like fight through with adrenaline and stuff i feel like if it's a back or if it's a neck it's usually like or or even if it's your shooting hand or something it just takes away your game and with keegan good for him for trying to push through it but yeah now's the time to rest so that sucks the other impressive thing about the pelicans tonight that should be talked about this was their third game in four nights oh yeah you know, and they didn't look like it they, they didn't look like it they played friday and then they played Saturday in Chicago. They lost that game in Chicago. CJ and Trey Murphy did not play in the game. And then they fly to Sacramento to play in this game. And they got punched early, but they responded. W when they were able to close that quarter in the first on an 18-4 to run, you're like, all right, how are the Kings going to respond? And then the second quarter is a lot more of that. And the mm -hmm. Kings end up getting down 69-61 at the half. To the Kings' credit, I felt like they got back in the game at the end of the quarter. Malik Monk sure. had that buzzer beater. You're like, all right, well, shit. <laughs> it was really bad. You're down eight. Yeah. You're still kind of in this game. And in the third quarter, you go down 15. Yeah. 15. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's like those moments would happen and momentum shifters, but then they weren't able to stop 
what the Pelicans were doing. And it felt like they made the Pelicans work though. That was, that was the thing. That's why I feel, maybe I'm not feeling that same way of like, Oh, one of the worst loss uh, losses of the season, because I felt like I, I didn't once have to question the effort, which is great. That should never be even a thing. But I also felt like they were so locked in for the most part defensively as a team, um, trying to obviously slow down Zion. They built that wall a few times and did a great job collapsing on him. It was every guy on this squad was able to capitalize on that collapse. And, and, and that's the thing, though. This is what, when you have the weapons that the Pelicans have, that's what makes it tough when you have to throw doubles and shit at teams. Because, you know, it's like, Brandon, you throw him at Zion, that's fine. Brandon Ingram has been an all-star in this in this league. He's an all-NBA-level player. Then they've got shooting around mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, good luck. And that's where you go big picture-wise. Like, a game, really, the three games against the Pelicans have exposed the Kings' weakness. That that's I think it. most people, like us, we all, the fans, we see it, right? It's like, all right, that wing defender would be really nice right now. You have Keegan, who is showing a lot of growth, but now he's got a bad back, too. And now you're looking around going, who else is going to be there? Because otherwise you're going to be forced in these situations where, yeah, we're throwing doubles and we're relying on our defense to recover on and close out on guys who are so good and skilled, who can pump fake for three, they're threats from beyond the arc, they could pass. And when you do that, like you put yourself in a very vulnerable position on defense. Because here's the difference. If like, if teams are having to collapse on De'Aaron Fox, which makes an offense much easier, I feel like there's times that guys aren't, aren't fully efficient with their wide open threes, with that first three that's being shot. Where it seemed like with the Pelicans, it was like people would collapse on Zion and then they would either make the shot after that first pass and or they would make something else, another quick decision out of that first pass. Pump fake, go, baseline, midi. Pump fake, go, back, middle, midi. Pump fake, go, one more pass, three. Like, it just felt like they, the game was so simple for them, even with pressure on. And I was like, maybe you just need a little bit more pressure. Uh, Maybe you need to be a little bit more physical. And there was times when De'Aaron started stepping that up and he got up on BI and was like trying to wrap around and everything. And he was frustrated, but I was so glad that the refs didn't call that because I was like, good, because that's what these guys are doing to him. And I'm glad that he's doing it back and not trying to like just do it out of anger. Yeah, so B.I. had 30 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Herb Jones had 23 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. C.J. McCollum had 17 points. He also had 7 assists on 7-14 shooting. And I thought he had some big shots. He had that one step back that was really nice. They just have a lot of weapons on that squad. Yeah, I mean, they were all efficient tonight, too. You uh, Shooting 54% from the field. And, again, it wasn't about the Kings and their effort. It was just, and and I felt like they were doing a really good job of rotating for the most part. I I don't know. Maybe it's just their length. I I don't know. I I think when you look around the freaking league and you see a guy, you see a team with a lot of length, you go, okay, this Kings team, if they want to take to the next level, they have to add length. And I think it's interesting when some people are like, you need a shot blocker. You need, and it's like, no. You just need long arms to fill space because what do the Pelicans have? And I'm not acting like the Pelicans are the end-all be-all of the identity of what the the you need to 
be a good team in the league. But you see long arms on B.I. and Dyson Daniels and Herb Jones and Trey Murphy, and everyone can take up this much space. And when you can take up this much space on the floor, including a big-ass dude in Zion who fills in the paint. Valanchunas. Dude, it's just like, it, it, with that, it makes life so much harder. Now, I understand there's a different game plan of attacking it, and there's still a beatable team. It's just really hard when you get down in the holes like the Kings did. I thought there were some swing plays, too. I mentioned some of the points in the first quarter where I felt like the Kings were trying to have home run plays. So one area where the game I felt like shifted was in the early fourth quarter. Sabonis played like the first 40 seconds of the quarter, and then Brown elects to go small ball. He takes Sabonis out for a rest because Sabonis had been in there, I believe, the entire third quarter. So he takes Sabonis out. He puts Lyles in the game with Harrison. Actually, Lyles is already in the game. He put Harrison Barnes in. So it's Fox, Monk, Herter, HB, and Lyles. And he went small which I thought was a great move because Ingram was still out of the game mm-hmm. and Zion was at the five. And it felt like, oh, the Kings kind of got some juice a bit. And Lyles with, with was that battling. Line. He was he, battling. Dude, he was battling. And so that was good to see. But then Ingram comes back in. And this play I noted, it was 109-103, 7.30-ish to go. The Kings, <laughs> call it a miracle, they got to stop on B.I., I think it was a turnover. Okay, oh, what a miracle. It, they they force a turnover. Uh-huh. Monk has it in transition, and you you feel it in the arena. Like they, there's like a legit buzz. Like oh, I know you're a comeback's about. happening. I think Lyles is on the left wing. Fox is on the far right wing, and Monk decides to throw it to Fox, who takes an off balance without hesitation. Off balance three. Yep, and it's just those are momentum plays where I'm like, that that kills you. That kills you because. Not only do you miss the shot, you have the advantage. You're off balance taking a three. It's just not a good shot. Like, don't go for the home run. I think too many times when they're uh, at home, especially when they're at home, they're going for the pop. They're like, oh, if we hit this three, it's going to go crazy. It's like, you know what's going to make the crowd go crazy? You score a basket. It doesn't matter how you score it. You don't need to hit, shoot the three in that situation. It was not the best shot. And I understand. No, you got to shoot with confidence. And it's the air, and it's like, of course you let him. You, you, you know, you get it there, Fox. The defense is running out on you. Drive to the basket. Put it on the floor and go dunk on somebody's head. Or they, there's help at the basket. Dish it to Lyles for a jam. There's just more opportunities to get an easy basket. And all of a sudden, if you score there, it's a four-point game. Crowd's going crazy as shit. You can... you. You scored, so now you put some pressure on them. No, and I get it. I get it, but I also feel... I, I And I guess sometimes that the home run plays, like, you feel that adrenaline rush as a player, and... I think I think especially when you're as good as someone as like Deer and Fox, you're like I got this shit. Yeah, like I I've uh, you know so much confidence. I got this. I don't think he was settling like we had talked about. He had started to do after he came back from his injury. It wasn't about settling. I think he just felt that confident. But but you're not wrong with trying to make it even a better play. But also, whenever they kept pushing like that and they and they took the right shot uh, while pushing the pace, it was crazy the difference that they looked in their offense or in the shot selection yes. or, or even it just being a closer-looking shot, even like the one that you're talking about, that early offense with Keegan Murray's when his went in and out of the basket. Fox has been great this year. Mm-hmm. 
And I think he's coming off the heels of his best game. I didn't think he had a good game tonight overall. I know he finished with 30 points, but, I, you know, the six turnovers weren't good. I know he competed. I just didn't think the shot selection mm. was great at times, and uh, the turnovers were big. They were I, really big. The one that killed me early? Yeah. Um, He had a turnover. They score. And then Alvarado. Does the Alvarado move coming from behind? Oh, my God. That was so nice. Everybody, the whole crowd's like, everyone's, no! hey, hey, he's coming, he's coming. And then Alvarado still got it, and he scored. That shit is so deflating. Here, Here's my thing, because you, you say that about De'Aaron, and I think that is such a fair opinion of one of his games um, where he still scores 30 points and it's not his best. I think that is a fair opinion. The, the, place, the reason why I think I disagree is because I still felt the most confidence when he had the ball in his hands, especially late, and when he was in attack mode at times, it wasn't him. It was them not being able to get the stop on the other end. Now, the flaws that we saw in him this game were exactly right. You said the five turnovers because that was just deflating of its own right from the start, kind of helped set the tone even when they were playing good basketball. Um, And then, obviously, him mentally just allowing the officiating and physicality to get to him The Kings did as a team tonight. And they did as a team. And they did as a team. And I guess that's where I'd go. His flaws were in tonight's game. But I still I still look at tonight for Deer and Fox and I'm like I was I was so happy with it. I think I really feel like it was the Kings defense on the other end just not executing and getting those stops. Any anytime there was a second chance opportunity, which felt it didn't even feel like it was all the time. How many second chance opportunities? Okay. So 13 Offensive rebounds led to 17 points for the Pelicans. But it it didn't feel like it was happening all the time, but it felt like when it did happen, they would always execute on the second chance opportunity. And or it just was like, Kings, you have to make sure you're playing perfect at this point. And it was like, oh, no, bad timing on the jump. Got the rebound. Boom, they put an easy two up. Who was your player of the game in this one? Man, probably Sabonis. I thought his first half, um, I mean, playing like almost a perfect first half with 16 points, perfect from the field. I think he had seven assists at that point. Uh, Whatever else. Oh, six rebounds. Three of them were like offensive at that point at just the half. And I was like, I hope he carries this into the second half. And I really thought, I really thought he did. And we've asked, what is he going to do against a big like Valanchunas or Zion? And he didn't close up. I thought he did some nice things, especially helping on Zion. He had 26 points. He had 13 rebounds. He had 10 assists. Just one turnover, a triple-double. He also had a block. He was 10 of 10 at the free throw line, which is a great sign. Yeah. Especially with how his free throws have been lately this year. And he was 8 of 12 shooting overall, which was great for Sabonis. I thought he was another guy that was getting too wrapped up in the officials. He had that one play where... This is a lesson for the Kings, okay? Yeah. Valanchunas is like elbow in your face, whatever, and... He's got the ball. Now he's got the ball, and he's still kind of doing it. And Sabonis, instead of like, hey, I got to make something happen here, he is staring at the official like this with his head away from Valanchunas and kind of like hooked with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And they didn't call anything. Yeah, yeah, And I'm not here to put over the officials because I thought tonight was called weird. I thought there were some I agree. touch fouls early on Ingram that I'm going, what are we doing here? Let these guys play. And then, you know, then they're... Then there was like extra physicality at times. I just didn't understand. Especially it felt in inconsistent. Second half, it was like the Kings were getting the calls yeah. while the Pelicans were getting the calls in the first half. And I'm like, ow, oh, this is like just 
not good rhythm. Yeah. But I felt like Sabonis got a little too wrapped up into looking at the officials. Yep. You know, and it's the, like, all the Kings did. All just, the Kings did. Just play, did. man. Just play. I know it's frustrating, but you just got to play. Or Mike, you know what? You might need to get a technical here. I was and thinking that. I felt like that was the night. Like, go get a technical one to send a message to the officials and maybe amp up your team a little bit. Yeah. Do you think Alvarado will get a flopping fine for when he threw his body and then covered his face and rolled on the ground for five minutes when we saw the replay and it didn't even hit his face? Well, they challenged it. The Kings did challenge that play and it was, um, unsuccessful. unsuccessful. So it wasn't, but I mean, illegal screen, but you can still flop on the, the illegal screen. And it's like, there's some weird stuff that happened tonight, you know? And then, I mean, you had the situation too, where Valanciunas and Lyles were getting tangled up and coming down the floor and Lyles went to kind of like push. Yes. Valanciunas off. But I mean, yeah, he make contact with his head. I don't know. All I know is his elbow, his forearm came toward Valanciunas, head and they went and reviewed it. I'm going, oh, he's getting, he's getting throw that. Yeah. And and like. Just a technical? Tony Brothers. I mean, let me guys say one it's thing like, about okay. the longtime NBA veteran official Tony what? Brothers. I get that you don't like to be questioned. Okay. I get that like a coach's challenge might be offensive to you. But it's part of the game now. Can you just explain what you saw when you go? Exp- you, you just reviewed a play. And he has the quickest reviews on the planet. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. You time him, it's quick. Some people think that's great. It can be a good thing. It can be. Then he comes and I'll be like this. Uh, after review, technical foul, uh, Lyles, unsportsmanlike. And you're like, the best officials will be like, after review, there was contact between Valanchunas and Trey Lyles. We're going to go ahead and rule this a technical foul on Lyles for throwing his arm toward Valanchunas. He did not make contact, so it does not deem a flagrant foul or whatever the rule. That was not bad. Clear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear it up. Yeah, yeah. Because even when even when it was just a technical, I was like, yeah. he got away and, with something. But Valanchunas got away with something down there, too. For but, sure. But then the other interesting part, and I noticed this, I was saying it to Jay Ross during the game. I'm like, oh, my God, you see... Najee Marshall and Lyles were about to enter the game mm-hmm. and I'm seeing them talking and yep, they yep, are yep. going yap, yap, yap. And in fact, Najee Marshall just posted the video of it on his Instagram story, but they're yapping mm-hmm. back and forth at each other. JaVel McGee comes in mm. and love says it. something. Lo- can, and can I say why I like, why I love Trey Lyles? Why I love Trey Lyles? Yeah. I think it is so very important to have that type of dog mentality. Yeah. Like, he's not going to back down to your shit. And it's not fake, I'm not going to back down to your shit. It's it's like this real, authentic, I am sticking up for my teammates. Not like, hey, I need to go put someone in a headlock because I effing hate them or stomp on them because I need to be dramatic. It is literally just like, oh, I'm not going to let you punk me. And now, it's going, last year got him in trouble. He was suspended a game um, after getting it, into it with Brooke Lopez. And even after this, I was like, He's going to get tossed. All right, whatever. They might need this energy. He ended up not getting tossed, just the T. But I do appreciate that you have a guy in Trey Lyles that is willing to do that and can perform on the floor. I do too. The other swing play, I felt like in the third quarter, you know, you were talking about how the Pelicans seemingly responded to Mm. any type of momentum. Mm -hmm. So Trey Lyles scores a basket. At the rim, it's 95-91 at, toward the end of the third quarter. Yes. 
and it's like, dude, it's a four point game. You're just down 15 at the 650 mark. Like you're, it's a game again. Like you're gonna have a chance. That final like minute stretch, what a close by the Pelicans. Kings cut to four. Ingram has the three that bounces three times and drops in. Mm -hmm. And then Alvarado just torches the Kings defense and gets to the rim at ease. Bucket. And a 95-91 game ends up 191 at the end of the third. And you're like, that's that was a big sequence. It like, was. these are the details where it's like, you, you got to lock in. Like, look, the Ingram play happens, whatever. Those play, it was actually good defense, and he just, he made the shot. But the Alvarado one was like, you can't be getting beaten transition, even late in the game. And I know it didn't matter. The game was already out of reach. But I'm sorry, seeing backcourt pressure and then Herb Jones going end to end and dunking it oh, on you in the lane. Monster dunk. Like, and then an e also an easy basket by Valanciunas, like when they got it to him because he's wide open. Uh, and that's a part of the pressure that sucks. It's like, all right, you're going to put pressure. You better Dude, get the turnover or deflection. These br breakdowns were yeah. very telling, at, I think, to where the Kings are because like, I don't think they give up. That's something that we, we've noticed about this team, that they're resilient. They don't give up. But there's times like a team will come in and play better basketball than them, than them. And I think the Pelicans were doing that all the way until the end. Now, what I will tell you, we saw the Kings last year fall, break apart in game seven of a playoff series against the Warriors. And I go, I don't I don't care if you personally didn't give a shit about the in-season tournament stuff or if you didn't feel like this was a big game. And I think even before the game or after the game, some people might have even said, oh, like this isn't a big game, whatever players. I don't even know, whatever. But I think you could feel it was a big game. In this experience alone of being in a big game that can send you to another game, that can send you to a game where your teammates can win lots of money, um, there is something behind it. You, you saw the Pacers tonight come out with a big win over the Boston Celtics. The way that that bench was jumping up and down because they have so many guys under contract that are making less than three mil or about around three mil. And they're going hell effing yes. Like there's there's something to play for for them. And I feel like the Kings wanted this game. It just is going to be one of those lessons learned and something that they have to learn from. The Pelicans as a team, 54% shooting. 45% from three, 19 of 23 from the free throw line. Their starting lineup was incredible tonight. For the Kings, they had some, like at the end of the night, you go, oh, you get 30 from Fox, but it was 10 of 25. Not super efficient. Sabonis with a big triple-double. Awesome. Uh, Monk had 21 on 7 of 14. He had some nice moments along with five assists. Oh, that's great. And he played 32 minutes. Oh, my mm -hmm. God, over 30. But the one that jumped out to me most tonight was Harrison Barnes. Oh, and like, shit. You can't play 34 minutes and have four points, four rebounds. And I understand the tough matchup. He had to deal with Zion at times. Mm -hmm. No one's denying that. Mm -hmm. But it can't be four points, four rebounds, two turnovers in 34 minutes. And as we, we've already hit on this a little bit, but that's it's the area where you go, this, this team needs to upgrade, you know? And I, I think HB can still be... I said this, like, during the offseason. I think he'd be great coming off your bench. Mm -hmm. Because I still think he has value, but man, they're just some really, really tough matchups. And when you look at that on a night where like Keegan misses a huge chunk of the second quarter is not a hundred percent, like you need more help out there. I think when you mention upgrades, it's one of the first things that uh, Matt Barnes brought up in the post game show today. 
And he was like, look, you're getting, you're going to get closer and closer to trade deadline and more people talking and that chatter is going to be around and you're going to see changes made and or upgrades, people being talked about. And it's because that's, that's where they are. And that's where they were even at the end of last season. But it was about also trying to trust bringing it back and what you can grow off of. And I think there's so many times when people are like, blow it up, change it all. Or like, even when you have to make a big change to get a big change or, you know, trade good for good, sometimes that can break things apart and you just have to make sure that you are bringing in the right people that aren't going to F with the culture, but are going to end up just meshing with the culture in the same style of basketball. In the chat, Predator Kingdom says the Kings don't match up well against the Pels. Yeah, I think that's clear <laughs> with, you know, watching this three games. The one, like, area that... I push back on a little bit because I do agree is like, man, it shouldn't be nice to see a healthy Keegan against him because he played like one half of a game against him. And then tonight he clearly wasn't right. And I think if he's healthy, it does shift the game a little bit, especially with he was knocking down his shots. He was playing good defense. If he's healthy, how does that shift things? But I do agree with you. Like big picture wise, we've seen enough. And I think that's probably the best part about if you put a positive spin on this whole thing, the Kings are sitting at 11 and eight. And they've dealt with some injuries this year, mm -hmm. but you're seeing, okay, these are the flaws. Yeah. And you, there's pressure on this front office to get to the next step, right? Yeah. Like they, they, I mean, it's pressure they put on themselves, probably from above. Like they all have, hell, I mean, Mike Brown's talking about championship expectations before the season. So if you're looking at how things are going and you're seeing how some of these losses are happening, look, you have eight losses. Three of them are against the Pelicans. Almost half your losses are against one team. You have to be mindful and be like, okay, what? how aggressive are we going to be come trade deadline time? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what it's about. And I know that it's a tough reality, especially <clears throat> after such a fun season of so many fun players. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, again, it was being talked about at the trade yeah. deadline last year. It's just, it's, it sucks. It's the business sometimes. Daniel but. in the chat says, Deuce and Mo are scared to talk about shipping guys out of town because of their the corporate angle and working around them. Shaking my head. What? Uh, no, I mean, he, here's the other thing. I don't think we have to, like, do after every single King's loss, we have to go, all right, who's getting traded? Who's getting traded today? Thank I mean, you. realistically, trades don't happen until around the trade deadline. Mm. Most trades aren't happening mm -hmm. at least until like after December 15th. That's when like a lot of these contracts are able to get traded around the league. And most of them just don't happen until the deadline. Thank so you. I'm not going to spend like every single minute of the podcast going, all right, let's talk some trades that aren't going to happen for months. Well, like, and, but that's not the on only thing. I don't give a shit what team I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't like, I don't enjoy talking about like, uh, the only way to make the team better is to trade, is to do this. How about you talk about what individuals can do better? How about you talk about if health is an issue? How about you talk yeah. about if strategy is different? And like, that's what's been so fun about this team is that even from last year on, they've been able to make those adjustments from fundamentals and basketball rather than being like, 
let's do a panic trade. We are fearful that we can't beat this team. So we need this, this, and this. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I really do hope that this team can add length, longer arms. What the hell does that mean? I can throw out names at you. Pascal Siakam, who does that mean? If I can throw out three players to you, doesn't mean that the Raptors are just going to trade Pascal Siakam for whoever. That is yeah. why I don't enjoy talking about trades. But thank you. When the rumors start coming out, that's Ugh. when I, I get a little eager. I, what's well, going I on? Vibe, what, what's happened around the league? I vibe with rumors because it's like a drama. Yeah. But yeah, but it's also people's lives. Yeah. No, and that, that's very true. That's very true. That's It's good to humanize her once in a Thank while. Thank you. I know you said Sabonis was your player of the game because of how he played tonight. You yeah. liked how he played. I went with a different angle. My rock and soul player of the game. Oh, <gasps> oh man. Brandon he deserves it. Ingram. 30 <sighs> points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 10 of 20 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3. He was 7 of 9 at the free throw line. He was the best player on the floor. He played on the elite level. He got even, he, he was in such a rhythm that, like, it didn't matter what they were throwing at him. And I thought he made the right plays. You know, he took the shots that were there for him. If they weren't there, he was finding the open teammate. They moved the ball. He looked awesome. He's just a tough player to guard. When he is completely locked in like he was tonight, there's not a lot of guys you would rather have because he was just, he's so gifted and long offensively. He's so good. I, I love his game. And he was locked in tonight. He played 40 minutes, just under 41 minutes. He's the rock and soul player of the game. The Kings planned for Zion. And I thought they did a really good job with their game plan of slowing him down. They didn't factor in enough. B.I. maybe, but like, and I say that where I just think Brandon Ingram was having a night. It In having a night, he's capable of doing this night in and night out. Like you see this um, whenever he, whenever he wants, you know, like that is just what Brandon Ingram has done over the years, especially when he's healthy. And unfortunately end up being one of those big nights against the Sacramento Kings, mm. which just made his other teammates better too, by the way. Mm, mm, mm. frustrating but love watching him just not against the kings no just not against the kings <laughs> and now he's going to be going to las vegas uh, Nevada. hope it's awful my goodness. who even likes that place uh what other stuff do we need to talk about with this loss tonight I i'm looking back at the notes just to see what i missed yeah i think to sum this up i i was disappointed because in my opinion with the way they came out it, yes, it yes. looked like they were locked in. Yep. And it wasn't just shot making because sometimes that, that can disguise things in the NBA where it's hey, you're knocking down shots. Yeah, you're you're in it. It's like I felt like that first, I don't know, seven and a half minutes of the first quarter. I'm like, oh, this is Kings basketball. And it goes to something I said a couple of nights ago, I think, where when they look good, they look better than they did last year. But they haven't been able, in my opinion, to str string it to get like enough good together at times. Where yeah. they have these moments where like, oh my God. And then there's these breakdowns or momentum shifting sequences that you're just like, man, this is disappointing where this team's on a run. Like you can't, an 18 to four run just can't happen. Like runs happen. Can that yeah. be, can that be 10 to two? You know, 18 to four, and then it bleeds into the next quarter and you get down. It's so hard to come back when you're down. I know this league, it's easier to come back than ever in a lot of ways, but you know how it is. It's like you make a little bit of a run and then the team responds, <sighs> kind of takes the, the wind out of your sails. You a can bit. feel it when it's not yeah. there. And there's was, there was too many times tonight when it was like, 
that six points. They had a six-point lead, and it was just like, God, I just don't feel like the Kings are going to go on a run. Like, there's just something about it with their missed shots or with the way that they're getting stops or fighting for a defensive rebound. And the tough nights are going to happen. It's just I think it is important to talk about a tough night with such with so much on the line. Yep. Whether, you know, I know we joked about early on before the actual audio podcast started about like, who even cares about in-season tournaments? Because like, we were so excited about this in-season tournament. And I really, truly think a lot of these players deep down were as well. Being on TNT, be, knowing that the next step was going to be Vegas for fun in the middle of this, or not middle of the season, but early on in the season. I think there was a lot of fun stuff that was going to be ahead in Vegas. Yeah, I, I think overall the league has to be thrilled with how this has gone. Yeah. Even before the knockout round started, like the in-season tournament, the interest was up. The ratings were up. Engagement's up. Everybody's talking about it. It seems like the players are at least bought in or at the very least just saying the right thing. Same with the coaches. No one's like taking shots at it. People are saying the right things. You know what I mean? And that's cool. And then the games have been relatively good. Then you go into tonight the Pelican, yeah, the Pelicans and Kings, but that first game was Pacers Celtics. Hmm. Pacers get down. They end up coming back. Halliburton hit some monster shots. Buddy hit a couple of big shots late. They come back and they beat the Pacers. But that's not just it. It was the how hard those teams were playing, yes. right? Till the very end. The Indiana crowd was going crazy. You're watching that game and you're going, Oh my God, they're waving towels. It's super loud. It felt like a playoff atmosphere. If this was a normal Monday night in December, that does not have the same energy between the Celtics and Pacers. Same thing tonight in Sacramento. There was a little extra energy in the building tonight, right? Mm. You felt it. It was like there oh, was yeah. excitement that like, oh, if the Kings win, they end up going to Vegas. I think the players were, were into it. The coaches were into it. It's one of the most underrated aspects uh, that people overlooked when this in-season tournament came out. People want, wanted to say, what's the incentive? You make some money? Is there a playoffs? There's nothing on the line. Oh, these players don't care. The reality is these players are more competitive and these coaches are more competitive at this level than anyone wanted to give love to. Yeah. And they're, they're yeah. showing it. They're showing it. They're bringing it in these tournament games and it's made this stretch of basketball early in the season really fun as a basketball fan. Fuck it. Let's go to Vegas. Watch the rest. <laughs> oh, man. I want to go. I want to go so bad. I just want to watch. I just, I kind of want to feel the vibe of the basketball in Vegas, which is why I was excited for the Kings to go because Deuce and I would have gone for NBC and covered it. But, um, but yeah, but no, now, now instead we'll get some days off to actually get real life back on track. Ugh, I hate real life. Morgan, I, we we focused on so much ugh, from this game, yeah. you know, and Ingram's dominance, and I gave Pelican. a lot of love. You did get. Do you want me to set me up for some love? Do I I, give I some appreciate love? that. Yeah. Um. You know, did can you give any love to Malik Monk? I feel like that's one that we haven't given enough love to. I thought Malik oh. did. He cracked me up, dude. He came in right away and launched a thirty foot three that went in. I was like, <laughs> yeah, let's go, Malik. <laughs> uh, no, when they made him run. Uh. There was a sequence where I think it was the Kings had a couple of threes and both of them were set up by Malik yeah. Monk getting to the basket and throwing some incredible passes. And I, I was really impressed with what he was able to do out there. I mean, 
He did have three turnovers, and you don't love that. But so um, did everybody tonight. I think he's such an explosive player, and um, no, I bet I, I like that aspect. I even thought Keon Ellis. There was one stretch where when he yes. came, I know he didn't play a lot of minutes, but God, the Kings were one. I think it was in the third quarter when Keon Ellis was in the game. Yes, it was. It was his third quarter stint. In the 358 mark, he came in. It's a 10-point game. The Kings are trying to make a bit of a push here. And, God, he did such a good job rotating defensively. The Kings are really rotating well as a team, and they've tried to fire a pass to the corner. Ellis got his hand on it. Yeah. It still got to the man in the corner. But Keon ran him off the mm. line, shot mm. clock violation. Oh, and I was yeah. just oh like, that yeah. that possession. I oh. mean, the crowd was going wild. That 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 was great. That was great. That was one of their better defensive possessions. And they, yeah. they, they have these flashes this year where you, oh, you see it, you see it. And then there's just breakdowns because I just hey. think I think the roster's flawed. That's but all the there is to it. Step, I don't know what to say. The next step is finding that consistency. And I think if if you have to believe, if you believe what you see is good basketball, you have to believe that they have the ability to grow as a team, as what they are now. They have the ability ability to grow together <clears throat> to make it more consistent. And they need to make a move by the deadline. I mean, sure. It, I'm I'm there. I'm like, I'm there with you. Where last year... I think I more wanted to move because I was like, ah, everyone in the West well, is okay. making a move. Oh, my God, everyone's getting better. What? Uh, the Kings are a good team. Yeah. They're yeah. a good team. Fair. Yes. And I think if they go the rest of the year, which I think they're going to make a move, but if, if they go through the deadline and don't make a move, I think they're still a playoff team. I think they would still grow and get better, okay. too. Okay. But, not, but, I'm but just their, better. their ceiling yeah. is going to be limited. Sure. Th- this is If this is it, this is what it's going to be. Sure. You're going to rely on, oh, all right, hopefully the offense can get to the level of consistency that it did last year. Yeah. And that the defense is a little better and that you have health on your side. But for them to take the next step, it, there has to be upgrades. And it's natural. And I, I'm not even, like, angry, but there's a lot of people tonight. Oh I mean, I'm God. seeing the chat tonight, and I get it, dude. People are frustrated. It's a loss. You know, that the people talking about HB or moving this guy or Davey on this. It's like... Dude, I, I I hear you on all of these things. I understand. Um, but like a move's not happening tomorrow. You know, it's just, it's not happening tomorrow. So I'm not gonna like spend hours and hours talking about it when it's it's literally not happening anytime soon. I think you see what this looks like as you get closer to deadline. And you see where this team's at. All right, where do they look like at 30? Okay, what are the things that they need? I think we all know, like, the issues. And it's the same issues. Like, hey, man, a wing defender, uh, another guy that can go get a bucket, some size. Okay. I mean, think about it. Whenever Sabonis has a bad game, how many times do we – you need a trade for a a real center. You need a trade. Like, it's it's always where we see the flaws from game to game. And I think it's smart if we take a step back and go, overall picture – Where's like, it's not even about where's the flaw. It's what can make this team a better team in this league. And you look around the league and you see, okay, well, what do some of these good teams have that the Kings don't have? And I really, truly believe like that is just length. That is, I don't care if it's skinny in length. I don't care if it's like 
chunky length. Like there is just long arms and length. And I just think what that can do to this Kings defense, especially a Kings defense that is like uh, praises deflections. Yeah. And you think about what those long, long arms can do in passing lanes and so much more to slow down an offense. Yes, that is something where I think the Kings need to go. I don't know how you get there. And I don't know what that answer is. I can throw out a whole bunch of names to you, but yes. The last point I want to make on this though, yeah. is we we all get really impatient, right? Like this turnaround that the Kings have had, I'm trying to get this, like, I'm talking to people on Discord about it too. It's like, dude, I get the frustration with losing, but I'm like, dude, the Kings are relevant for the first time in a long time, the last couple of years. And it's, still enjoy the fun of this and understand that like, I don't think Monty went into this year going, Finished product. This is the team championship. Right. I'm going right. to sit back and chill. And if he did, like, then he's dead wrong. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think there you have to exert some level of patience going, okay, this is like year, this is the start of year two of being good again. And with Mike Brown, okay, are, are some things getting better? I think you can legit look at this and go, yeah, there are some things getting better. All right. Are, are your young guys getting, how's Keegan doing? He's looking better uh, defensively. All right, he's banged up right now. I Fox looks like he's elevated his game. I think they're like still encouraging signs. Now it's on the front office to stay aggressive. Go go get this team better because fans want more. That's what happens. You win, you want more. You had 16 years of losing. You get to the playoffs, you want to oh. get on the first round. Get a second, and you want to compete for championships. I mean, that's if you're not doing that, then, then why well, are you in the game? There like, you that's go. what you need. There you go. And I think it's it's always fun to to build and to grow. Um, so yeah, it'll be fun to see uh, where they go from here. Skeeter Reed says y'all are sounding complacent. No, I mean it's not complacent. It's just like I, I I don't know. I I just I I here's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to say I'm being a little rational. Like I think <laughs> I think I I'm more than aware that the Kings need upgrades, but like it's. Don't you, like, and could I, can't I argue with you or fight back with you, like, or challenge you being like, you're being irrational and weird or, or, or like wrong? I don't know. I just, I find that, <clears throat> that seems so, um, like reactive. That's, I think that's what I'm looking for. It just, why would you react so quick? Why would anyone react so quick when something goes wrong in your life? You don't just make a change. Like you take a step back. You process it. You see if you can grow from it. And if you can't grow from it, you go, okay, how do we change this? Like, that's what you got to do. And I feel like it's the same thing with this. It's the trade deadline is yeah, yeah. not here yet. And yeah. you're seeing what you can do with what's in front of you first. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. So the Kings are now 11 and 8. The Pelicans are at 12 and 10. Uh, we got more coming up, but we should mention that tonight's podcast. Rewind. Hit rewind on that. Today's podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Hey, Morgan. Hi, Deuce. I was thinking I need a new window. Yeah, you do. What do I do? <laughs> well, you reach out to Northwest Exteriors, you weirdo. And why? Well, because even if you're not sure what the hell you need or why you need it, they will let you know because everyone there is so experienced, so knowledgeable. They know everything when it comes to why your house is too cold, why your house is too hot, why you're spending way too much money on your energy bills. And truly, it is all life-changing. Save money. On your electricity bill, your make, power bill. Make your house prettier. Make your house prettier. 
I mean, make everyone happy Feel too. Secure. And also if it's not where you want to go or if it doesn't match what you need to do financially, great. Go get the quote. That is what I keep telling people. And people are keep being, oh, very much surprised. Like this is a very doable thing, house project that I can get done. So if you're looking to change your ways, make sure to reach out to Northwest Exteriors. You know why? Because they're simply the best. Trust Northwest. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Morgan. Yeah? Man, I just feel like I would need to look cooler. Okay. I feel like... <laughs> what? Yeah, you do. I feel like I need to look cooler. Oh. What do I do? Oh, well, I know. I honestly, yeah? I can tell you I'm a fashionista. Yeah? And if you rock the coolest crewnecks, you will be the coolest kid in school. Well, well I saw a crewneck online... <laughs> Should I get this Deuce and Mo podcast one? If you talk to me like this and you're asking for fashion tips, <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, no. Uh, hey, just shout out to this. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to deuceandmo.com, click on merch. Get your Deuce and Mo merch before the holidays. And you better do it soon because uh, you want to get in time for the holidays. The best part is if you use promo code Holiday. Holiday. Promo code holiday. holiday. You will get 20% off your order. That's holiday at checkout for 20% off your order. Do some mo.com. Click on merch. Merch. Oh. Appreciate everyone's support. Do some mo podcast. Um, yeah. So we've given love to the in season tournament as a whole. The concept's been awesome. Yeah. Now it shifts to Las Vegas. The Kings are off. They play Friday. They do play Friday. They play either Phoenix or L.A. We don't know who they're going to play until tomorrow. Tomorrow, when the Kings uh, will be watching the Suns-Lakers game. Kings get the loser of that game on the road. Correct. That is correct. We also didn't give our moment of the game. Were yeah, you thinking I, I that? Was, no, I mean, I can get to it. I, it wasn't a rush. I was looking ahead at the other games first. We can get to the, what's the moment well, of the I game I felt tonight? like you were passing over the game, and I was like, I'm still in the moment. Um, hey. Moment of the game? Y- your idea. You want to bring uh, up moment of the game. You go to the, the Sharif Jewelers moment of the game. I'm thinking. Okay. How about Sabonis' first half? To me, I thought it was. Oh No, that is not the moment. So when we pull this out and go, hey, oh my God, December 4th against the Pelicans. Remember that game they played? Sabonis' first half was just was swell. How about the moment of the game being an IST loss? The knockout round, knocked out. Do that. Make it depressing. Love it. It's not depressing. It's real. Here. Here's an example. You want an no, example? No, I this? don't want an example. Let's pull out a this moment from the happen. moment. Like it was yesterday. Tell me when. When? 
November 17th at the Spurs. What happened that game? No idea. 129-120 Kings. They won five in a row. I would have. I forgot about this moment. Malik Monk dunks on Zach Collins, and Fox had 43. I already forget that dunk. Exactly. Exactly. What is exactly about that? You forgot the dunk. Well, no, I guess, no, I'm like, I can't even picture it in my head. Well, look it up. I, I don't know what to tell. What do you want me to do? Like, hey, hold on, let me pop it out. Like, I have some technology that like, will put it right. Yes, in front if of the post-it like, note eventually just makes a hologram. Um, so that that's what I'm saying. It can't be something memorable from the game. It, it, do you guys have a moment? Let's see. Uh, Alvarado picking Fox. Uh, Screw you. Ooh says, moment of the game, honestly, when Murphy hit that dagger three toward the end, killed all hope and faith I had to come back. And that was a hell of a play. Brandon Ingram getting doubled, gets it to Herb Jones, swings it out. Why you do Murphy. IST killer? IST killer. B.I. Yep. Mm. IST killer. Oh. We, we need to remember, and that's the whole point of life, yeah. Morgan, is we, ha- we all have moments life. in life, okay? There's just a lot of good moments in here, but there's some bad ones too. And tonight's a bad moment. And all these moments kind of build character. <laughs> they was, make you you. Is this jar making me me? Just letting you know. Oh, wow. I think that's a, that's a good one to be. I, I like it. I like it. No, it, it was the dagger. Okay. So now you want me to look ahead and even looking ahead. Because we we tried doing that for a second on the post game. It was like, who do you want to play? And I was like, well, do you want to play the real KD now? Because BI is like KD number two, practically. His length, the, uh, his scoring ability, incredible. Or do you want to go back to the Lakers, a team that you beat? Lakers. And, oh, you're there? Yeah, go, go beat that. I don't care, honestly. It's just... Here's the thing about the Kings. What's the They're thing? good enough to beat any team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. There's some tough matchups, but go play. Go play. This this is why I go back to what I was saying earlier about tonight. This game irritates me because this game, you could have won. You you yeah, who, yeah. Fox had a couple of turnovers that turned into five turnovers in the first quarter. If you if the, if that's three turnovers, the game feels different. They just needed to play a more consistent game, and they're capable of it. Because I saw that first quarter, and I was like. That's the Sacramento Kings. Mm. That's attacking. That's getting Help the spots. That. They had 32 points at one point. I think it was like 32-17 in the first, and Fox had zero points. And I loved every second of it. I'm like, yeah. yes. Malik had eight off the bench at the time. Keegan had a herder knocked down a couple of shots. I thought they needed a little more herder. I thought like they could have got him into the action. There were times I was like, can we get him some shots? Um, and, and the Kings missed some great shots in the second half. As many... Times I talked about them going for the home run play in mm-hmm. that first quarter, and even you know when they were getting close, I thought in the fourth quarter they missed some outstanding looks from three. Trey Lyles open three clank. Herder had two of them open short. They had great looks. So yes, the Pelicans are a tough matchup, but this was a winnable game. Friday against the Suns or Lakers is a winnable game. The Kings have had some great wins this year. They went to Minnesota and got a great win. They beat OKC without De'Aaron Fox. They've beaten the Lakers a couple of times, and Sabonis dominated AD the last time they played. They've had some good wins. They've had some tough losses. Tonight's a tough loss. One, I think it hurts a little more for me because I wanted them to go to Vegas. I wanted an in-season tournament win because I'm like, hey, we're doing this thing. There's eight teams in it. You want to get to Vegas, and you want to be part of the first. Like, it'd be fun. And I wanted to go, too. 
But um, and I wanted to go to yeah. Selfishly, yeah, I mean, it would have been fun to cover. It's just like it would have been fun. We we can't get doom and gloom after every loss. I'm sorry, we just can't, and we can't go through the roof like crazy after every win either. Let's have a little balance together, all right? We're we can all be honest. Even after the Kings won and beat the Denver Nuggets last night or the other night, we weren't going. Hey, the Kings are perfect. No moves need to be made. No. There's loss. Still saw the flaws. And until you win a championship, you should be eager to make moves and to, to tweak things, right? And even and that, when you win a championship, yeah. that those questions, those conversations are still going to happen. <sighs> so that's how I look at it. And then, honestly, big picture-wise, the West, I'm going, with this Pelicans team getting healthy here, I love their pieces. They've got, They've got a lot of things that, I would love the Kings to have. Agreed. They have multiple guys who are tough. Mm-hmm. They talk. Alvarado, talking. Yep. Right? Najee Marshall, talking. Um, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones. And then you got killers, you know? B.I.'s kind of that silent killer. We get it. It's good. It's a good team, man. It's a good team. Watch out. So, uh, what other final thoughts do we have? <sighs> I feel like we went over everything with the game. Um, good and bad. Everything that needs to be changed. Um, my brackets busted. My brackets busted. We both had Kings Pacers like idiots. That's not I, okay. That is fun. Uh, there's a lot of people who had Kings. There's a lot of people. So, and by the way, this is fun. This is fun. I think that's the ultimate thing. I I had fun tonight because that nervous energy was there. Which, by the way, I freaking hate that energy more than anything in the world but at the same time it's so much better to feel things in life like that than to not feel those things at all so again put me on a little good way it's so good to feel some pain than nothing at all it is it is it's like it's like a a lightweight anxiety ridden roller coaster from sports like who would have thought that could happen it's just because i care and like sometimes i'm in my seat and i'm just like like having to cross my arms because i'm just like telling guys to move over like you gotta get help over here you got hands up hands up you know like i'm just trying to keep my arms down because obviously i'm like not just a fan in the seat going yeah sure and so it's but what's fun about that is that like i'm like oh my god i just love this game so much that it literally just comes out of my body and so tonight just having what was out there as like a big game it was fun i have one more thought oh of course you do and you may not like this after you're trying to put a nice cap on things would you consider i'm asking you a question come back to the mic please would you consider a starting lineup change who but who would it be instead of harrison barnes because that's where you're going not stupid Trey Bay. I, I, yeah, and here's why. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, because then, then you stagger it and then you go small ball five. Yeah, but you also get a little more size out there. Uh-huh. You still have the shooting. Not opposed you to You got it. toughness. You know, it's not perfect against every matchup, but like, look, but, but can, here's, Trey can handle some size. Here's the other thing for all the, the, um, aggressive people out there that were saying certain things. Yeah. Like, if you are looking to possibly trade Harrison Barnes, wouldn't you rather say that you're trading a starter when you're looking out? I don't out? know if that matters. You, okay. Here, here's, okay. Uh, because here... Numbers matter and wins if, matter. If, if Harrison, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. I, one, I don't yes, care. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And if, let's just say Harrison Barnes is coming off your bench, he might be better 
coming off the bench. Honestly, like honestly, with the second yes, unit. yes. In giving, in being in a different role like that, and maybe it's time that his role adjusts yeah. and change. And like that's the thing. I, I, I'm with you when it comes to HP. I'm like, there's so much value to him as like a veteran and, and just on the your personality that he brings. But it's like you, where can you use him the right way? Yeah, sure. He can get you a bucket, you know, and maybe going up get some second units. That'd be nice. So anyway, um, last thing today, uh, I know a couple of weeks ago, um, and I, we, we told the audience about this, one of our loyal listeners, Clint, passed away. Um, he was very active in the YouTube, but he was really active in our Discord, and today was his celebration of life. I went out there today, and it was so cool to see uh, the love he got, but the Kings were like, a big part of his life. How like cool. the priest was up there talking about the Kings and he so put a cute. King's beanie on at oh. one point during the ceremony to like, so cute. And that was like a theme throughout the service today. And crazy. It did. I was sitting there just thinking about it. I'm just like, it is wild to me that I am at this person's celebration, celebration of life. life. Were you just trying to harmonize with me? I was. I was going to say the whole thing once you started okay. saying it. I was like, um, And that the reason I'm here is because a basketball team brought us together in life. Correct. A basketball team. Isn't that crazy? Team. Yeah. No, no. Literally, yeah. this sport, this team is what ultimately brought you together. And, and what is so cool, because I know that you told me this, that... During the celebration of life, there was a lot of love given to the Do Samo podcast community. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I like it's just so great that his parents got to see that he had this community of people rallying behind him, talking shit with him, having fun with him, doing all those things. So um yeah, just wild that that was part of so much of this celebration of life. But um truly Thank you guys for always just creating a space for people to always feel welcomed, included, and to, I mean, for some, like, enjoy their life with all of you. Really cool. He would have been pissed tonight. Oh, he, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> he would have been, he would have been pissed. Uh, <laughs> cool. Any thoughts on this, this podcast tonight? Um, I, I really enjoyed a lot of... I felt like it was a weird one. No, no, no. You always do this. When it's different, that's the thing with you. When it is different and it is not like on brand with where we go with things, you are like, was that weird? And it's like, no, that that's the thing. This game was weird. The night was weird. The day was weird. And what we did was break down a loss from both of our perspectives. I had a lot more positives, I felt like. From my perspective, you had a lot like this was one of the worst losses. And I mean, we're even working with Kyle Draper after the game. Like he was down where like Matt and I were not as down, you know? And so like, I love all the different breakdowns and perspectives of this game. And I think that's what made it so compelling tonight is that like some people felt completely different about how this one went. So no, I, I enjoyed it. 
I enjoyed talking hoops with you tonight. Maybe it was the vibes in the chat I was seeing, you know, well, where it just felt like it, it, it we reached a, it felt like a little bit of a low point for the chat in there tonight. And that's good, but that's going to happen with yeah. these, lo- and, and when trade deadline comes around and if things don't happen, guess what? People are going to be like pissed and weird and shit. I don't, I just don't care. I don't care. Boss Kingpin in the chat says, hey, I'm your biggest critic and you did fine, Deuce. <laughs> Spelled your name D O O S E. Love oh, it. Oh man. Well, the good news: the Kings are off until Friday. Friday. For some, that could be good news. Correct. Um, Kings are off until Friday mm-hmm. when they play either the Suns or Lakers. So hopefully, there's some rest that happens. And yep. Are you good? Yeah. No. Great. Okay. okay well, hopefully, we're just wrapping some, up. I, no. No. I know. Hopefully, Mor- Morgan's on her phone. Just you know, doing her thing. Doing her thing. Anyway, we'll definitely drop some more content this week, but we appreciate you guys hanging out. We love you guys, but we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.